Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining tonight. This class is being learned as a special for Shalima, for Chaim David Ben Shendel, for Mushka Rus Bas Beladaba Maka Hadasa Bas Mushka Rus. You should have Urfur Shalima Bukharov. This class will be learned as a special for Shadukha Makar for Yitta Bas Adina Chava. Also, the evil Nishmas, Esther Bela Bas of Yishua Mordechai, Yisak Menachem Ben Ramir Alivi, Chandor Bas of Asher Enzo, Tigamal Bas of Debit Silver and Moshe, and Aaron Meir Ben Rabshon Ezra, the Nishama Shehav Naliyah. Thank you so much. Okay, so this week's parsha is the final parsha of this very gorgeous, beautiful, most amazing Sefer Baratheus. It is the week that we're saying goodbye to our avos and mahos and the shvatim and all the glorious things that we learned from them and that we're able to tap into. But it's really, it's not sad. You know, like we always say, I don't know, I remember always watching, um, you know, my mother's wedding video. It ended, you know, with the birds, like the old, like fashion, you know, and it was like the end. And then it was like, this isn't the end. It's just the beginning, right? So although we're closing one book, we're going to open a new one next, next week. And it's going to be just as fabulous. But just to discuss this week's parsha and to bring out certain points on what we could learn from and how, what, you know, how we can gain it. In a new perspective, I learned, I, I heard this yesterday from Rabbi Joey Haber. He, he said that when Yaakov Avinu was on his deathbed, he had all his children surrounding him. And he wanted to give them the case, the end. He wanted to tell them when Mashiach is going to come and what it's going to be like. And he really, he was so excited to share this information with them. And suddenly, you know, he lost it, right? He lost the information. He completely got taken away, the Ruach HaKodesh. And suddenly he got very worried because he thought to himself, he was like, oh my goodness, one minute, Avraham, my grandfather, he had my father and he also had Yishmael. He had a good son and he had a bad son. And then me, Yaakov, I have a brother, Esav. I'm the good one. And my brother, Esav, is the bad one. And suddenly he started to fear this like, Maybe one of my children are bad. Maybe there's something not besated with one of my kids. And that's why Hashem took away my Ruach HaKodesh. And he became very afraid. And the brothers, his, his children, they sensed this. And what did they respond to him? They responded, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Listen, Yisrael, our father Yisrael. Hashem is our, is our Elokeinu. Hashem is one. Hashem is our God. And that was telling him, Tati, don't worry. We're good. We're all good. We're all on the direct. We're close with Hashem. We're all unified. We love each other. And he was calmed with that response. And we all know that he responded back. Baruch Hashem, Kavod, Makosoli, on the Ed. And that's what we say. And a student of mine actually pointed out that no matter what Nusach we daven, not what Nusach anyone davens, Shema is the same. Like it's the same language, no matter what, no matter if you're Svarti, if you're this, if you're that, it's the same. Some, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. <laughs> but really, what do we learn from this? We learn that the brothers were unified and the koach of being unified, of being one nation, right? We always have this, like we talk, you know, pre-COVID, post-COVID, right? There's like this talk, like my kids know, like, oh, that was before COVID, right? And now it's post-COVID time. Even though I'm wondering how different post and pre-COVID was really at this point, I feel like it's something that was very much like, I don't know, I feel, okay, whatever, different conversation for a different time. But now there's another pre and post. There's like pre-October 7th, post-October 7th. If you look pre-October 7th, the unification and the actus of Klai Yisrael, 
I don't know. I didn't know this, but I I I, I learned I, I learned after you know the right, the left, the fighting, the this, the that wasn't so wasn't so beseder. And now post October seventh, the achdus amisol chai, the loving each other and embracing one another and not caring what level you're on and who you come from and where you dive in and what you do in Eretz Yisrael. I mean, I see the pictures of the people that are going there, and I'm hearing from people who went there the feeling of achdus, the feeling of just loving each other. A student of mine said that now in the shuk when she she knows someone who went, they were like, "Come, come here!" Like, like they were like really embracing everyone in Eretz Yisrael is embracing one another, and the achdus and the unity is palpable. You can feel it in the air, and it's the most gorgeous feeling in the world. And that's really. When that's when we're ba'achdos, that's when we bring in the shechina. That's when we bring in protection, and that's what like relax Yaakov Avinu. And we needed to stay that way. We need the unification to stay that way, not because of Hamas. Right? Like I think I said this last week, we needed to stay this way because we are one nation. And interestingly, right? You know who is the most like beloved? I can't say the most beloved because I really love all the imams. Really, they're all amazing, amazing, tremendous. Sitkanios and next level. But we talk a lot about Rachel, right? Mama Rachel, we know her story. We're in awe of her story. We're in awe of her godless. We're in awe of what she did and what she's doing for her children, right? Um, you know, she's called Birama Nishma, Rachel Mavaka, Abaneha. And we know that it's because of Rachel that Hashem is going to bring us home, right? We know it. It's because of what she did. She gave the Simanim. Now, Rabbi Haber asked this question. He goes, not really this question. He told us, he informed us. He goes, 90%. I thought really more, but whatever. I heard that some may be from Binyamin, but 90%, I mean, if you're a Kohen or a Levi, you're from your mother's Leah. And if you're Yisrael, most likely you're from Yehuda, which was also Leah. So really, Rachel wasn't any of our mothers. She wasn't any of our, like, really, we all come from Leah. So is Rachel our mother? Is Rachel mama Rachel's? And the answer is, is that when we are unified, when we are one nation, then Rachel is our ima, and Rachel is our mother, and she cries for us and davens for us to come home. But when we suddenly become like, no, whatever, it's not my, they're not my type, I'm this type, they're that type, and we start to divide, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, I don't even know if Rachel's your mother. So like, I was like thinking like, oh, that's an incentive to stick together. I'll take that, right? Who doesn't want mom Rachel to be their mama, Right. It's like we all know the godless of her crying that she doesn't stop and she's buried on the way by Derek and, you know. So I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, forget it. Like, like not forget it, for sure, for sure. Sign me off. Like, I'm just going to love everyone all the time. It's just so worth it. And of course, we're talking like in a global scale, like Eretz so loving each other. But I'm talking about in our community. Do we love each other? Do we embrace each other? Or are we still very like, no, it's not my chavra. So like, I'm not, we're, no, we're going like, do we still get stuck in our pettiness of like my people, their people? No, we need to be unified. We need to be one nation because if Mama Rachel is our mama and everyone in our community is our sister, we don't need to be best friends with everyone, but we need to be nice to everyone and sensitive to everyone. You know, that's the lesson that I'm learning that I'm taking from this concept of being unified as a nation and staying unified. And of course, that's when the bracha and the shmira comes in. And oh boy, do we could we all use shmira and bracha, right? Okay, so that's just something to learn.
We also know this, this may be a little bit of a, of a review, that Yaakov, we know he lived for 147 years, 130 years were miserable, and 17 were blissful and gorgeous. The 130 years was a tikkun, he was a Gilgal of Adam, I heard this from Rebbe Wassin, he was a Gilgal of Adam. Harishon and Adam Harishon, when he ate from the Isadas, he decided he has to separate from Chava for 130 years, and that was a mistake, and Hashem said, you should not have done that. And therefore, Yaakov is now going to pay for the 130 years that you separated and have these misyonos and these hardships in his life. And that's what happened. And as soon as the 130 years was up, 17 years was amazing. But we don't hear much about it because the good times is not what shapes you as a person. It's hard. It's easier said than done. And even like as I'm saying this, so I'm like, who am I to even talk? Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not preaching. I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm learning this. That yeah, it's the hard times that sh- that make us shine and make us grow. When life is easy and everything's great, then like, why should I do anything? Why should I? Why I'll just go to sleep. Like everything's great. I don't have to. I don't have to do anything, right? But when things are hard, then it's like, okay, what do I need to do? When look within, right? What do I need to work on? And that's when we. You know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It's a fair shenigan, but it's, 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 it's MS. It's true. The hard times is really what, what, you know, like my friend has on her status, you know, it doesn't get easier. You just get stronger. And it's, it's true. So it's, it's that. And the Torah doesn't talk about, you know, the easy days that he had. It's very vague. Just as that, the 17 years were good and good. Moving on. So the Shvatim. Like wondering what to do first. So they are around their father, Yaakov, and they're all getting their brachos. Each and every one, we know, many of us had to memorize it. I remember a little bit of God, God, something, episodes, a song in my head still. But we all know, but if you think about each bracha, like what's a bracha? You know what a bracha is when I think of a bracha? I know like on my Hebrew birthday in my family, it's like a minhag. We all give out brachas to our, our, my siblings and my parents and, you know, my grandparents and, and, and I, um, you know, when they were living and, um, you know, it's a thing that we do. But what's a bracha? So a bracha is like you should be benched and Hashem should bench you with bracha and shefa and parnasa and gazant and all the good things in the world should, you know, and it should be easy for you to share menuchas and nefesh and yeshiva. That's right. To me, that's a bracha of like, all the goodness in the world to just bestow and fall upon you and everything to be amazing. But if you listen to the brachos that Yaakov gave uh, uh, Ruvain, it's rebuke. And he wasn't the only one. Some of them were more like sounding a little bit more like what I was just saying, but a lot of them were like, no, you're this is doing wrong and you're doing that wrong. It's like, that's a bracha? And the answer is that yes, when someone can point out to us where we're falling short and what we need to work on, that in itself, like critique, a real critique, that in itself is a bracha because it's such a blessing to know what we need to work on and where we need to fix. So I was thinking the next time someone like points out a flaw in me, instead of being like, oh my gosh, right? Because instinctively it's like, what do you mean? Like, what, 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 like to be like, oh my goodness, thank you. Thank you for pointing that out to me. Okay, yes, I need to work on that. Okay, I'm going to try. And it's almost like a blessing to know where we fall short and what we need to work on. So even though it didn't seem like a blessing, it really was a blessing. I heard that also from Rabbi Heber yesterday. Um, we also know the idea with Yosi HaTzadik, right? So it ends, this week's Parsha, it ends. And we're gonna go, then we're going to move back to Zavulan, but just, you know, with Yosef, I like I love to talk about Yosef. He like ah, uh, it's like I'm in awe of him. I'm in awe of a lot of people in the, in, the, in the Torah. But anyway, um, 
we all know that Vayichi ends that Yosef died and they mummified him. Because I heard this from everyone else. They mummified him and they buried him in Mitzrayim. Boom. Chazak, chazak, menis chazek. What a way to end the parsha, right? So depressing. Really, it's not. First of all, another lesson. Sometimes things that seem depressing, really, if we wait it out, we realize it's not depressing at all. It was like the link. It was something to the to the Yeshua. It was something that was going to help. And, and this is also something. We all know that Yosef is the, he is the example, the prime example of someone who went against his nature, right? He was in Isha's Potiphar's house and he ran away and he went against, he bent, he, he went against his nature and because of that, in the schus of that, when the Bnei Yisrael were leaving Mitzrayim, the, the Yam Suf was one body of water, and there was a conversation. And Hashem said, okay, you're going to split. And the Yam Suf was like, the water was like, um, we are water. We're a whole body of water. We don't split. Our nature is to be one body of water. And then because of the schus of Yosef, when they saw Yosef's body, because we know Moshe brought his bones, right? He uprooted his, his coffin and brought it along. They were like, oh, here's Yosef, someone who went against his nature. And that's us. We're going to go against our nature. And we are going to split for Bnei Yisrael to walk through. Now, Nachshon ben Nadav also was the reason that it split. And he also went against his nature because it's against anyone's nature to walk into water and have it covering their eyes, their head. And to keep walking, it's again, automatically, you're like, run back, right? You, you get try to get out of the water and get you know air to breathe so he also went against his nature and it was the same thing so but it's what we learned from Yosef that when you go against your nature if we can break and work on our midos because we're all born with certain natures and certain things come easy to us and certain things don't like if someone's gonna say something not nice to me I might automatically think of something to say not nice back right if I'm accused or I'm told like you know you really need to you know wake up early uh or I don't know. I'll be like, well, you know, I don't know. Like, right? We have automatically these like reactions. That's our nature. But if we can stop and be like, no, 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 I'm going to be like you, see. I'm not going to respond back like that. I'm not going to automatically like shift the blame. I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to go against my nature. I'm going to accept the criticism. And I will, I will be, I will bow, right? I will give in. If I'm bending my nature, I'm inviting, I'm inviting into my life Hashem to break nature for me. And that's what we dive for, the Yeshua, the Shidduch, the Rafuah, whatever it is, the Parnas, whatever it is a person's diving for, sometimes that's really what we can do. It's like we can think like, hey, what else should we do, right? We're diving and we're getting stuck and we're saying to hell, what else we, sh- we can do? We can look around and we can take advantage of opportunities of when we, we feel just, you know, doing what we're used to doing and just, you know, responding the way we're used to responding and behaving the way we're used to doing because that's my nature. If we can break it and we can withhold ourselves and refine our midos and character, then it's, we're inviting a niece almost, right? Because when Fashem breaks nature, breaks teva, that's a niece. We're inviting a niece to happen to us. So it's just a very good lesson to learn from Yosef HaTzadik himself, that what he did was actually the reason and the schust of, that we actually experienced Kriyas Yamsel, which is the story of all stories that we talk about and we will continue to talk about. We talk about it every day in Yashir, and it is the godless of the Jewish nation of what Hashem did for us. Going back to the brachos with Zvulan, we know Zvulan was the the 
you know, from the Shvatim, he was like the 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 rich one, the the very established, the very successful. He was the one, you know, with Parnassa was gonna, you know, they were gonna go out into the world and trade and deal with the Goyim and you know have the businesses, right? And we know that was their bracha that they were given. They were going to be very successful and have parnasa and, and be able to do all the different things that they're able to do. We all know that. That was the bracha that they were given. But they were told that they're going to settle by the shore, by the shore. And it makes sense, right? Because it's like, yeah, well, if you're going to be importing and exporting, you should be living near the ports, right? Near the water. But Ms. I learned this from Ms. Sami Agubi. She said that, no, let's take a little deeper look over here. Let's look at water, right? Water, we know. What if you ever go to a beach, you see there's the waves, there's the ocean, and the waves come up, and then to a certain point, it crashes and it recedes, right? There are boundaries on the water. There's boundaries on every body of water, right? Hashem says, stop, you're going to stop, right? Otherwise, the waters will just run loose and take over the world, right? Which it has done by the marble and by sometimes tsunamis, right? The waters just run loose and they just take over. But generally, the waters go to a certain point and there's a boundary and it stops. And what we're, we're trying to, what we can learn from here and what Zvulan was meant to learn from being placed by the waters is that you're still going out to the real world. You're going to be dealing with the guy and you're going to be dealing with businesses and, and trades and different things. And the outside world is very glittery and it's a lot of lights, a lot of cameras, a lot of actions, a lot of it can get very sucked into it and very busy with it. And it looks like a lot of fun. You need to set up boundaries for yourself. You need to put boundaries into your life, into your home. What you're going to allow in, what you're not going to allow in, what the things that you're willing to do, the things you're not willing to do. And it's a lesson that we can learn from ourselves from this week's Parsha. Do I have boundaries? Do I set boundaries in my home? Or do I let everything just like whatever they want, whatever they are, yeah, yeah. or it's like, no, we allow this, we don't allow this. What do I let in? What do I let out? It's just to like have this idea. And it's really what keeps us safe because otherwise it's so easy to all of a sudden just wake up one morning and be like, huh, how did I get here? Why is my family like this? Why do we do this? How, how do we get here? And the reason is because we never set up boundaries. So we just like, everything was okay. We just like let everything, yeah, you want to do this? Yeah, go there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, hers, mother, let's, her mother, let's, okay. No, we need to set boundaries for ourselves, what we what we think is right, what we don't think is right. And that's how we keep ourselves safe. And that's what Zulan did. They attached themselves to Yisachar and they made this like partnership, right? You're going to learn and I'm going to make the money and it's going to work out beautifully. But that's really just something to learn from the water and Zvulan's bracha that he was given. So that's really the gist of what I'm taking out from this week's Parsha. So yes, it is the end of an era, but it signifies a beginning as well, right? Shmos is coming next week. Really excited about that. And and yeah, let's remember, let's remember to stay unified so that Mama Rachel will be our mama and she'll cry for us again and she'll shed a tear for our dear children. I love that song. Never gets old. Shweki. Let's remember that if we can break our nature, just like Yosef did, then Hashem will break nature for us. And let's remember to set up boundaries. We need to set up boundaries so that, so that we can stay safe. And we can become, and we can live up to the potential that the that we want to, to to be able to develop ourselves to be the best versions of ourselves to be able to cultivate and nurture beautiful, gorgeous homes. Klai, so right, bias, neman, 
and in the thrust of the unity and the everything Hashem should bring Mashiach Bakarov and bring the hostages home and end this war and watch over Klai Yisrael and watch over us wherever we are. And we should be Zochet to see Mashiach with tremendous Rachamim. Mashiach come with tremendous Rachamim Bakarov in our days. Thank you everyone so much. Have a good Shabbos.